from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside episode 71 of On the Board. I am Colby McKee. Across the glass back after a few episodes away, Lance Dahl is here. Hello. I'm here. Good day to you. Hi. How uh, are we? Do you want to uh, update the listeners who may have caught us t- two episodes back? You had that big poker tournament that you were in. Yeah. How did that go for you? Uh, I think that was a day one, right? Yeah, that was a day I, one. I got through it, made day two. You were exhausted. Uh, yeah, I was very tired. Um, I can't remember where I finished, like 120 or something like that. Got a, I don't know. It was a while ago. Cash out of it too? Yep. Good. Yep. Made some money. So that's good. Didn't win like $80,000 like I could have, but I think we were, yeah, we were fine. teasing that. Yeah. The beginning of the pod. It was a lot that's of money. Okay. That happened. Uh, also on the line tonight, Corey Bacoskis is here. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't need to join the conversation at all. You guys <laughs> just keep talking. That's all right. Feel free to hang out. Talk about poker. It's whatever. <laughs> No, you Hi, and guys. I, Corey, we've had a good couple. We've had a good bond the last couple of episodes. Lance has been. I know, I know. I have missed Lance, though. I mean, Corson, he was he was a great, great companion to have with the two of us. But yeah. it's it is good to have Lance back. Yeah, how was that with Corson? Good, good. We good. loved it. Yeah, great, great chat yeah. with Corson. He even finished up the season with a goal. He got mm-hmm. off his goal snides. That was nice to nice to see. And uh, speaking mm-hmm. of the Tigers, they did finish up their season last week, and officially the Dub wrapped up their season last night. Uh, respectively, the division winners here in uh, in the Central was Edmonton, Brandon won, uh, Everett won down south, and Kamloops over in the BC division. Uh, Corey, your thoughts first off on the Tigers season uh, overall, how they did, and just the completion of this WHL season had a little bit of a, an outbreak out there in BC, uh, but for the most part, the bubble worked out there in Saskatchewan, uh, had one little instance in Calgary this season as well for the Hitmen, but uh, overall, the season was got to be a, a pretty big success in their eyes. Yeah, no, it was it was impressive to to say the very least. Um, you know, you, you always wonder. You saw the NHL was able to do it um, when they did their bubble in Edmonton and Toronto, um, but obviously those are professional athletes. Um, you know, and they did a full on bubble. Um, but uh, you know, each division had a little bit different of, of a setup. Obviously, the Regina had the bubble, and, and Alberta was basically just doing it pretty raw. Um, um, so, you know, good good job by them to um, to get through it, and, and obviously very limited cases. So, I mean, I think it was a success um, all in all. And, you know, going forward, that that's something that they can look back on for next season and say, you know, we did this the and they were safe, um, you know, now we can try it with fans. So I think that was the goal, and, and, and it's looking good for, for the future. For the Tigers, I mean, I think they just did what was expected, right? Obviously, the Edmund- Edmonton was the powerhouse coming in, and uh, the Tigers getting the second place in that division, I think, was expected. They obviously I, they didn't beat Edmonton all season, which was kind of a surprise, but they ran through all the other competition in the division, and, uh, you know, not a bad season for everybody um, on the Tigers. Yeah, what would it have been? Five or six losses against Edmonton? Ended up being six, what I believe. Six? six. Yeah. So without yeah. it, they're fourteen and two. <laughs> so <laughs> Not bad. yeah, yeah. So their season was uh, what well, was really good. It, it's just now that it's over, tough to, I guess, kind of look at the fact that for their twenty-year-old season, Cole Clayton, Ryan Chizowski, 
and, and Brett Kemp all didn't get to see any fans over the course of their final year, uh, which is which is kind of difficult considering, especially with with Clayton and, and Chizowski being you know full tenure Tigers. And, and what they did for the community in their time here, obviously it was limited towards the end because you just physically couldn't do much. But um, that part was difficult. But the the actual, you know, ability to get on the ice, play some games, and and have something for what it's worth be somewhat meaningful um, goes a long way. So now you pass this test, and we'll see if it matters that much come the fall because the thing with COVID is that everything keeps changing so quickly. And then when you deal with what, four different, five different jurisdictions between the four provinces and the States, um, who knows where we're going to be in in September, October. I I hope that we're in a good spot where uh, we're able to, you know, get some people back into the ranks and enjoy some games. um, Even if you start at limited capacities across the league and then build it up. But uh, in any case, it was uh, was a success, all told. I'd say this year. Um, so, so hats off to the WHL, all the teams and the players for for following protocol because that can't be easy. Definitely not, especially in that uh, Regina bubble. That would have been mm-hmm. uh, especially difficult. And even if they got to start the season a little bit later into October, like just to really make sure everything's on the up and up across all those jurisdiction jurisdictions, like you mentioned, Lance, uh, that would be the the best case scenario just to get some some hockey back in our lives to watch it live. That would be uh, incredible. I'm, I'm definitely earning for that. Uh, coming up here in June 1st, they're going to be the U.S. and Bantam Draft Lottery. Uh, that's going to be taking place. And then uh, in the OHL, that season never, ever got off the ground, unfortunately, just with all the cases out there in Ontario and uh, their jurisdictions, they never got that season up and running. But they released their 2021-2022 schedule for next season, uh, crossing their fingers on that. So hopefully for those you know draft-eligible players, because we never got to see them at all, uh, that would be something to uh, definitely look forward to heading into next year. Yeah, so, you know, good point on you that, you know, the, the idea of starting in October, that's what they're planning on doing. Um, so, the, yeah, the, I, I messed up in the notes. They didn't release the whole schedule, just kind of the, the key dates that they're planning on mm. um, if everything goes perfectly. So, um, Thursday, October 7th is when they're hoping to start off in the, in the Ontario Hockey League there. And uh, they're hoping to get a full 68 in um, and, you know, all events. Everything, you know, the Memorial Cup, everything included. Um, so, you know, I'm assuming that the Q and the W are, are thinking the exact same way. Um, you know, yeah, good point, Lance. Obviously, you know, things are changing. And, and I mean, I think this time last year, we we were very optimistic of what we could do in September. September. So um, still a long way to go. It's going to be, you know, things are going to be changing in the summer. But um, I think there's a little bit more optimism this year and, and a, a little bit of hope that um, things will go back to normal at least a little bit uh, for, for the next year's hockey season. Which there should be. I mean, now that you have vaccines rolling out and that's been part of literally every single province's uh, return to normal life, quote unquote, kind of plan. It has been, you know, getting vaccines out and building up some kind of immunity. Um, it's interesting that they have the targeted start date in the O in October just because, like, I mean, I guess it is a little bit easier for them to travel for games because travel is just a lot less. And then, I mean, the WHL, obviously, uh, for the O. But, I mean, you kind of look at it, and if they're still hoping to play a 68-game season, my quick thought is, okay, 
if you have to have some kind of time between games or against games against different teams, kind of like what the Alberta division did this year in the WHL, um, that's going to be next to impossible. But uh, obviously they probably have plans A, B, C, D, E, F, and G going. So uh, it's nice to see that they have some kind of target set up. So it gives, it'll give the rest of the league, like Corey was saying, the CHL, uh, a bit of a blueprint as to where potential starts can, can begin. It's very possible, like you mentioned with the dub, like we didn't get, and some teams didn't get their full 24 games in. Mm-hmm. And maybe, uh, like we've kind of seen across all sports, even the baseball method where it goes off of, you know, points percentage, if it ever has to go that way, uh, if teams don't get their full 68 in, then maybe they get 62 or whatever the number may be. But uh, that will be interesting to see. Hopefully it's not, we don't have to deal with that. Like mm-hmm. by October, by November, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything is on the up and up with, uh, you know, every province's uh, return to play, return to life plan, just to be honest with you. Uh, over at the Hockey Canada side of things, the UATs, U18s finished up in Plano, Texas last week. Uh, watched that game live on TSN and holy smokes, that final. Canada and Russia, that was insane. We talked about it with Corey and I, um, you know, bringing their... A roster, Canada did, and they come out on top, winning the gold. Uh, <laughs> you, you got here in the notes, Corey, just Bedard, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, literally, I, I understand the point. It is There's nothing left to be said about this kid. This entire year, going back to the start with Regina Pat in the bubble, um, the things he's been able to do and the highlights he's given us over the last couple of months have been absolutely nothing short of incredible. Uh, it's just insane to watch this kid do what he's doing at such a tender age. Yeah, it was just, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, I think coming into that, I, we saw at the U-17s how good um, Shane Wright was. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but going into that tournament, I thought it was his tournament. You know, obviously he was wearing the C on his chest. He was a year younger, or a year older than Connor, but a year younger than the rest of the competition. Um, you know, it was really his tournament and, you know, it started out his tournament. He started out very strong, but, you know, as Bedard got a little bit more playing time and a little bit more comfortable and the coach got a little bit more trust with him, it like, he just overshadowed everybody. And, you know, especially the Russian kid, the, whatever his name is, Matt, Matt Babe Mishnikov or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the duel between those guys, not the, the duel between him and Wright in that gold medal game. But yeah, it was just, it was nuts. Both of them ended up with 14 points in the tournament. So, I mean. The future of Hockey Canada is looking real good. And, um, yeah, like, you know, some other names to shout out. I mean, obviously it was those two guys, but, uh, you know, shout out Corson Coolman's. I mean, eight points in six games, you know, representing the Brooks Bandits. That's pretty good. And um, Dylan Gunther, obviously uh, going to be probably the first pick in the WHL draft or for, uh, in the NHL draft as a WHL player. Um, he was point per game as well. So uh, it was it was a great tournament. No, it wasn't just Bedard. Canada had a stacked team yeah. from top to bottom. But uh, yeah, I just it, it was it was unbelievable the things he was doing. It just you know he, he misses the penalty shot and he's like, okay, I'll get him next shift. Just goes <laughs> backhand shelf. It's like okay, all right, I see this guy's got some game in him. But uh, yeah, it was outstanding as a as a Canadian fan. Yeah, and. I mean, this is one of the rare times we're going to see this team built like this ever be at the U18s, just because typically Canada doesn't send a roster nearly like this, right? So uh, to be able to to witness Bedard and Wright and Gunther, like you mentioned, all up front, that, that, that was wild. Uh, 
and admittedly, as someone that really isn't all that tuned into the U18s, um, it, it was almost like can't miss hockey when Canada was playing just because uh, of the dynamic offense that they had. And uh, it, it was funny, like a few weeks or a couple months ago, we were talking about Connor Bedard entering the WHL and where expectations were and how we all probably had too high of expectations, yet he was somehow over-delivering. And it, it's kind of continuing. Um, it, it's wild to think that considering what would have been expected of him, like if he was a point every two games at uh, at the U18s, we probably would have said that's totally acceptable, but we also, in the back of our minds, would have felt disappointed because that we would have had a higher level and a higher bar placed for him. Uh, so yeah, that was that was just wild what Connor was able to do. And then at the same time, the fact that Shane Wright has such an incredible tournament and no one's talking about him, uh, that that that's going to help him for a multitude of reasons, I think. One of them being like, Hey, Hockey Canada, don't forget I'm fucking here. Yeah. Uh, hey, media, don't forget about me. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be uh, a little bit of a fire under a player that is already um, next level. So, yeah, what a, what a U18. My goodness. Another player, we kind of talked about this in the group chat, but uh, another guy that we've kind of forgotten about also has a very high pedigree, very high potential, is that Matthew Savoie. Uh, Corey, you mentioned him, like... This kid, he was the Shane Wright. He was the Connor Bedard, and uh, he's kind of gone quiet the last little while. But I mean, this kid, also Canadian, like he's got some stud potential as well. Yeah, he put up a ridiculous amount of points in the USHL. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of talking about this this next WHL year and and what's going to be happening in the East Division. I mean, it's going to be Connor Bedard versus Matthew Savoy. Um, yeah, so like. You know, he he was a he was the year before Bedard, and you know there was a lot of talk of whether he was going to get that exceptional status if he was going to be the first guy in the WHL. Um, he didn't end up getting it, and you know his his season, his first season in Winnipeg, um, kind of like what you mentioned, Lance. It was it was kind of that like oh high expectations coming in, and it's not that he did bad, but it was just like oh he's not he's not that Connor McDavid in his first year, um, but. All of that being said, that you know he's going to come into Winnipeg next season, hopefully, and just he's he's going to be one of the best players in the league. And and I I think like you said, Colby, like people are kind of forgetting about him. Um, he's going to be a stud in this league, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in Winnipeg. That division is going to be wild. Like there needs to be people yeah. in the building, especially if uh, like if somehow the Blades can convince Brad Lambert to come play for him. Mm-hmm. Like, and. Brandon has another element, Vic- and Brandon's got one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Hold on, sorry. Brandon's got Victoria and uh, Moose Jaw's pick. Uh huh. They have two top six picks wow, in this really? upcoming draft. So those will take a while to come. But like, yeah, that East Division is going to be crazy. Go ahead, Lance. Sorry. I was just thinking, like, considering, I th- I think there is more of a possibility that Lambert comes to Saskatoon, maybe more so than before. Yeah. Um. I don't know why I get the sense. Just you know, stuff you read, it just kind of feels like it, it's possible. But if that's kind of you know developing in that division, 
you, 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 we got to get people in the building. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, it, there's just no two ways about it. Like that division, especially with a bunch of markets that absolutely need gate revenue, like obviously everyone in the WHL does, right? There's no denying that, but I think we can all also be open and admit the fact that a lot of the tougher markets dollar-wise reside in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Um, Swift Current, Prince Albert are a couple, uh, and now neither of them have those players. But if you're playing against them on a somewhat regular basis and you're able to have those players come into your building, like uh, the hype train is going to be real around Connor Bedard here in Medicine Hat next year. You we know talked about mean? that last pod, like right. 100%. Like we want to pay some money to go see him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like... You add Savoy to the mix. Um, if if Saskatoon somehow gets Lambert to come in uh, from Finland and come play for him, like it's it's going to be, it, it could do some really good things at a very financially unstable time for the league and specifically the uh, the more eastern provinces, big time. The WHL slash CHL app will just not do whatever no. that was this year. There was a lot of. Technical no. difficulty yeah, with the app, that unfortunately. Will not work. So, uh, if that has to be a case here in uh, 2021, 2022, serious question, one for you. Yes. Would you buy all the games to stream of the Pats next year? Oh. Are you going to do that? That'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, would you pay money to see every single game of Connor Bedard stream next season? Yeah. For, for a price, I think. I mean, I, I don't know what they usually are at right now. No, I don't know somebody either. Somebody that works for the WHL that could maybe tell us at some point what it's <laughs> worth. But they were like sixty dollars this year for like a all access pass, and that was for a that shortened like season. So translate that over. Let's say a sixty game. It's probably like let's say one fifty to one eighty. Well, I want to say it was like no. it was a couple bucks a game. I think like last year it was like sixty dollars, but for all your your favorite team's away games. All right. No. No, maybe just all the games. I don't know. I but I'm like, anyway, I, I'm looking at I, this. I'm like, like I'll pay. I, I mean, I'd be hard pressed to pay a hundred bucks. Yeah. But like you, you give me every game of Connor Bedard's for the course of the season for 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm in. Slam dunk. I'm in a hundred percent. That's saying something like that's a, that's a medicine hat guy watching a Regina player. Yeah, absolutely no skin in that no entire no. like league yeah. or that division for sure. Yeah, like I, I would I would pay sixty bucks to watch every one of his games from my laptop, hundred yeah. percent. Because the things he's gonna do next year, gonna be wild, oh. wild, and especially when you start getting Savoy that gets mixed in. And like I said, if Lambert comes in, my God, it's gonna be a race. It's gonna crazy. Be the I guess a, a second question on top of that: Would you make the four and a half hour trip to watch a Regina Winnipeg game in Regina, like see them live. Cause like, I will say McDavid on TV is amazing. Watching them live. I've oh. been able to do it once. It is the r- most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It is insane. Me too. Yeah, it's, a, it's a different world watching McDavid when you're like in the dome up in the press level and he still looks really fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's different. You know, <laughs> that's a different build. Um, so you're saying like if I lived in Winnipeg, would I drive four and a half hours to Regina? Or from here? No, oh, I was living in I Medicine would, Hat. Okay, I was going to say, because that's not four and a half hours, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so going to Regina, would I go from here there? Uh, yeah. Probably I would. a Friday Maybe night. on a Saturday night? I would. Or Saturday. 
Uh, I, let's it, put it this way. Weather it, conditions and road conditions would have to be pretty fucking good. True. But, true. And I know you're going to have some beers. So if you if we can find you a reasonable place to stay in Regina on a Saturday. You night. got some buddies and you got to have a friend or two. Not in Regina. No, but not like Regina. I, I'd pay the hotel. I okay. would make a trip yeah. out of it for sure. Because right. odds are, especially with how the league works, you could probably get a, like a couple games in like three nights, right? Yeah. You just find one of those weekends. Yeah. And then, like, if I got to, you know, stay there for the entire weekend and then drive back on Monday, whatever. Like, I'd probably do that. You're going to the casino for sure in Regina. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> I'd probably yeah, just be going hotel and back. Because <laughs> so, I know, like, Bedard and Savoy, they both played CSSHL. And, like, they played each other a couple times. Mm. And, like, like, there's some footage on YouTube you watch. Like, the stands are full for this <laughs> CSSHL like regular season hockey game and it's literally they're just doing what they want on either side right they, there's nobody that can stop them it's like timbit hockey right <laughs> seriously it's like that one kid like the intermissions of the tigers game that's way yeah. better than everybody and it's like hey just maybe stop let the other kids yeah. get some time like pass the puck uh that'd be interesting though that'd be quite a weekend if we can make a trip out of that. Can't cool. wait to have the Pats come here. To oh, yeah. hat on a fucking Tuesday at 7. Yep. Wow. Jim be, Deuce on the call. <laughs> it's going to be such a, nice such a great schedule. Yeah. Just, please well, do I not would... give us a team like that on a fucking Tuesday. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. They're going to be, though. Don't. It'll be a Wednesday. Don't. Hump well, day. I'm wondering, like, if you're if you're doing the WHL schedule and you have a say in that, like, if you do like the big markets on the weekdays and then the small markets on the weekends, so that like those fill up. Those, oh those no, you're doing the other way. The you want yeah, you want your Regina yeah, fans. You're to putting see them the in fucking Calgary every time they're in Calgary. It's going to be on a Friday or Saturday night, maybe yeah, or a Sunday yeah. afternoon because those matinee games just crush in Calgary. But things do. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get as the, many the flame, people in there as possible. <laughs> the Flames are like, we want to play Friday night. And they're like, no, no. The Pats are coming to town. <laughs> yeah. We're taking the ice. <laughs> yeah, listen here, Flames Entertainment, sport group, whatever the fuck you are. <laughs> We're going to boot out the Roughnecks. They can go play. Oh, the Roughnecks. They can go play over at the, the UFC crowd. or something. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can figure that out. We got the Pats in here, okay? <laughs> Big time stuff. Man. I'm not saying that it's not going to get to that point. I'm not not saying that. That'd be interesting. Because it might. We have another player a like that. Year old year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's sick. It's sick. Anyway. Um, anyway, U18 is cool. Yes. Uh, world Championship-wise, Lance and I were, were in the office this morning. Oh, boy. Looking at the uh, U.S. roster, because we, we did see that earlier in the week, Canada revealed theirs and had some players on it. We'll get to that in a second, but... Lance, do you want to describe what you saw of the United States of America's lineup for this WIHF World Hockey Championship? I, th- I think the first thing I said to you was just oof. Yep. Like yeah. like when we saw the goaltenders and we were legitimately <laughs> debating and making cases for who should start between yep. like Jake Ottinger, Cal Peterson, and Anthony Stolarz. Stolarz. Yep. And and it might be Stolarz just because he's the most tenured. <laughs> But like, <laughs> like he's he's just the oldest, and I guess that's that's really the only bar you can set. There, Respect right? your elders, yeah. Like, like he's he's the only like just based off of age. I don't know how else you figure out who your starter is going to be. Like Ottinger was was pretty decent in the games that he played this season when Kadobin was out or when Bishop was out rather, and then he would fill in, right? All, yeah. Um, and, and Cal Peterson jumped in and, and played some meaningful games for LA until they weren't meaningful anymore. Um, which was pretty early, but <laughs> like, 
Like I, I don't I don't know how you do this. And then we looked at the forward group and Oh god. Like Brian I don't have Boyle. it in, I don't have it in front of me. What did you say, Corey? Brian Boyle. He's making a return. Brian Boyle was not mentioned once nope. in our conversation. Nope. That's how stunned we were with some of some of the players mm-hmm. in there. Like some guy named Sasha. Yeah. Who is probably the best player I've never heard of. Like I've literally <laughs> never heard of this guy. Sasha Chumlevsky. Yeah, apparently yeah. he played World Juniors and everything. Yep. Like he, he played did, World yeah. Juniors. He had oh he was a point per game. Eric I, Robinson. We like to look up Eric Robinson. Right. Eric Robinson who's like twenty seven and not really playing for Columbus. Uh, which is just a really tough look. Trevor Moore from Medicine Hat. <laughs> he could have easily right, been yeah. Trevor Moore from Medicine yeah, Hat. Yeah, the golf, the golf sensation the golf Trevor Moore, aka also a hockey player. Yeah. Uh, but that Sasha guy was just like, oh my God, like they got a guy that is actually like you know playing decent in the in the A, and I've never heard of him. And then they were saying he's projecting to be a top six forward, and I was just I was confused again. I. <laughs> Chris Weidman made this team as right, a defenseman. He right. also broke his leg at UFC. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. And wasn't yeah. it Chris Wollinen? Same guy. Same guy. Christian Wollinen? Uh yes, yep, he is on the team. player. Yeah, yeah, like Wollinen made it. Yep. Like I yep. I honestly couldn't tell you that Tage he Thompson. still played. <laughs> Tage Thompson was in there, yeah. Like the 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 list was why is Connor Garland a third line center? Yeah, that's disgusting. Connor Garland should probably just captain like twenty five minutes. <laughs> I uh, in any case, I thought that the the Canadian team was pretty rough, and then USA said, "Hold my beer," and uh, <laughs> and they won. Yeah, they they won the jaw drop of the World Championship before it even started. Yep. Corey. So yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was. I was writing this down as, you know, we're prepping for the show, and I'm like, all right, I know Canada's roster, and it is dog shit. Like, compared to what they've put in in the past, I was like, this team is full of third lines and rookies. And then, I, and then like, an hour, a couple, few hours before the show, I'm like, let's just see if the USA has posted their team, because I hadn't heard any news. And then <laughs> I pull it up, I'm like, oh, Canada's going to beat them 12-0. Like, 100%, that's what I said. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, and then, you know, I, like, I, I'm scared to see the other nations. Like, oh. if the other nations are sending their B teams, I don't think they can afford to at this point. They're just pulling guys from, like, bakeries and stuff like that. <laughs> like, hey, you want to come play hockey? Like, low-key, um, the other nations might actually be better, though. Oh, this! If you're like a small nation, this is your time to shine. This is your year. We looked at Lance and I looked at Kazakhstan's roster. Yeah, and it features two Medicine Hat players. Yeah, no two joke. guys born and raised in Medicine Hat will be putting on the Kazakhstan jersey this year. Darren Dietz Love and Curtis it. Volk. Um, <laughs> I grew up I with that. both of them, and it's, it, it was news to me yeah. at around ten o'clock this morning that they have Kazakhstani citizenship. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that we could derive was that when you go to play in Kazakhstan, they just give you a, a, a citizenship and then you're a member of, of Kazakhstan. You're like, I don't know. For life, yeah. I had no idea that they uh, they got the citizenship technically. So uh, Dietz has actually been legit in the yeah. K. Um, he was a top defenseman of the entire league. Uh, not this past year, or no, yeah, not this past year, but the year before. Uh, I don't know if he was this past year. If he was, my apologies, Darren, but. Uh, he's also captain of his team, yeah, in Kazakhstan. So that's a thing. Um, <laughs> I was just that's like, awesome. like that's that that's a wild opportunity for those guys. Like Darren, considering the the awards and the accolades that he has from the K, like if he can 
perform at this tournament, low key NHL invites could be coming. That'd be um, nice. Yeah. Same same thing for really all these small nations. Again, I don't know how much you can read into it because look at Team USA, look at Team Canada. It's just not the same. It's different. On uh, we looked at Germany's as well, and uh, Corbinian Holzer made right. The team. Yeah. Oh, that's a throwback. Um, Love it. Tom Kunackel. Tom Kunackel. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Is Marcel Gotch on the team? No, Did he crack I, it or I Marcel Gotch? Yeah. Oh, he's got to be coaching that team. I think by he now. is a coach somewhere. Yeah. It, is his jersey retired by the Sharks? <laughs> It better be. It should be. He was the fastest player in NHL 04. Yeah, I was going to say, he w- and he had great potential. Mm-hmm. I think he, mo- like 80% of the time, if you got him in a dynasty, he grew into his potential. Yeah, like, every he time. Was, he was, every time. Yeah, every time. He All was, speed. He was so good. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> so yeah, good. I don't know. That just, that, what is this tournament? Like, yeah. it's, it's different. And it's also being held, I found out, in Riga, Latvia. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Wow. wow. Is uh, wow. Christian's Rubens probably going to be? Your guess is good uh, as ours. Don- oh, Marcus <laughs> Eisenschmied, former Tiger. Marcus Eisenschmied, he's also playing for Germany. Oh, you love to hear that. Forgot we, about we that. We did not see a, a Ruby on there. I don't think we saw a Latvia team, though. Oh, oh Latvia, true. Yeah. True. I don't think we saw the Latvian roster. And that's home. Like, that's home country. Yeah. He should be, you know, wearing that flag loud and proud. I guess. Well, he's been playing for the Marlies, right? So I guess it's whether yeah. their season's done or not. Oh, I, I would imagine know. that that's a good enough requirement to make the team Yeah, Latvia. Like you yeah. play in the A for the Marlies, you're probably making the team. So in any but, case, uh, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I remember. Yeah, go ahead. One of like a couple years ago when Finland won this world championship, they had like very few NHL talent. They brought a lot of guys from their Finnish league and won it. Like they beat a pretty solid Canada team. So um, I don't know. Like, I, like this is something weird's going to happen at this hockey, like at this championship that we're not going to expect and like we're not going to watch. But it's going to be like Team Great Britain's going to beat Canada one game. And it's going to be like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I'm just more curious now weird. on on who has like random country citizenships. Like who who is actually a citizen of Great Britain that you would never know or Italy. Like who are the like who who's going to be representing those teams? That guess who's coaching? Good. Guess who's coaching Latvia? Oh, here we go at the both the Olympics and the World Hockey Championship. Mark Crawford, B- pretty damn close. Bob Artley. Wow, Artley. Damn, because uh, he 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 coaches in the K, right? I think so. Does he? Yeah, he does. I wonder if he coaches the Latvian team that's there. There's a. There, I think oh, there's, hold on. There's a Latvian team in the K. I think there's a Latvian team, a Finnish team, a Belarus team, and a Kazakhstan team. There's like other countries in the K. Man, that that travel sounds horrendous. Oh, oh, I know. There's one team in like the n- northeast that travels ten hours on a flight every game. Uh, to, they oh play like God. four games on the road, four games at home. Oh, and, and like what are they awful. in Siberia? It's like pretty darn close. Like it's ridiculous. That's fucked. I think uh, who I think Mike Commodore played for that team. Oh, anyway, I heard man. that on Spitting Chicklets. Yeah, that's he's fair. like, yeah, I don't know how I signed up for this team, but yeah, that's that's on you if you don't do your homework on where you're playing, and then you have to travel ten and a half hours for every game. I, yeah, I, I, I your can't say that's not that on one. you. Oh. Yeah, Oof. yeah. I'm just anyway, looking at I, rosters. I'm trying to find more roster information, uh, and I, I'm not finding much. So yeah, I I went to the original like. 
for the Kazakhstan team. Mm. I went to like the original post that's in Kazakh. Okay. That was tough. That was a uh, tough read. <laughs> <laughs> I always get worried when I go on like foreign language websites yeah. that I'm just going to get bombarded with viruses and not know because I can't read it. Trying uh, to read a Russian <laughs> article on Ovechkin and <laughs> just bop, 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 bop. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the last thing that I just want to throw into to hockey, um, the Canadian women invited their players to Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that, yesterday? And and surprising, two names that really surprised me that aren't on it, Bridget Laquette um, and, and Lauren Gable. Yeah. Lauren Gable's like one of the best offensive players that Canada's had in a while. And isn't invited. And Bridget Laquette uh, represented the team multiple times wearing the Canada sweater. Um, not gonna, not gonna be going to Calgary. Not sure why. Yeah. But then t- Hockey Canada, like four hours ago, or r- made a tweet about something that Bridget Laquette's a part of. So I'm really confused on <laughs> on the dynamics of how this is all working. Okay. Like it's a positive thing. I, yeah. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I'll grab it. That's but fine. Okay. It's about. Some uh, some some must read thing. It's so what she's doing with uh, Sarah Nurse and Hannah Bunton. Oh, right on the cover. Yeah, and so they're on L Canada. Yes, they're on the cover of it. Right. So Hockey Canada retweets it the For day after, player. saying, "Hey, she's not coming." It's oh. a weird dynamic, that but is, okay. What the hell is that about? I guess that is interesting. I don't know. Why that would be the case? Cause I I don't know either. Two respected players on that Canadian national team. That's interesting. Yeah, those were just a couple. Yeah, that were that were really surprising to me. For sure. Um, but hey, shout out the Canadian women. Yeah, they're absolutely they killing win. it. Me too. Me too. I mean, uh, we're like a year away, but still. <laughs> Corey, do you want to touch on anything else? Canada World Hockey Championship, anything like that? Um, no, I just to wrap up what Lance was asking about other countries. I remember like South Korea and the Olympics when they hosted it, they added some Canadians on their team. So I don't, it's, it, I, yeah, I guess you get citizen, citizenship if you play long enough in a certain country and then you just represent that country. Cause didn't Willie, Willie like coached, was it South Korea or something? No, Willie coached Canada. Hold on. Like you mean in the days the before he was here in Canada when he was coaching overseas? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I know he coached like a like a regular season team, but I also know. Oh. Hold on. Why do I feel like one of his kids? Because like I grew up with his oldest. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of them was born in Japan. Oh, when was he was he born from like ninety four to ninety eight? Well, I don't. Yeah, yeah, one of them would have been. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, okay. No, I don't think he did any international tournaments. Can I do a check? No. But yeah, he he coached over in Japan. It looked yeah. Like. Yeah, Tokyo hey. from '94 to '98. Right. Then he got a job with the Blades, and then he coached the Spangler in '98, '99, and then he went back for a few years before he was with the Tigers. Holy shit! Yeah, because I remember that's impressive. One of his uh, his daughter, I believe, was the one that was born in uh, in Japan. I think. I okay. can't remember how that all worked out. Yeah, she's around our age. Uh, yeah, yours closer. Yeah, yeah. Like his, like I said, his oldest I grew up with. Okay. Which and is, then yeah, Braden. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I can't remember which one because he has a brother too. And anyway. she went to journalism school. Yes. Well. So that's awesome. Yeah, kind of cool. Oh, Following in mom's footsteps. Yeah. Very cool. Come anchor chat news, I guess. Why right? not? That's next up. Just like Rhonda did. <laughs> yeah, she was great. Loved her. The stories that 
or I know we're diverting. Um, the stories that that Go Rhonda would tell about like big games where she couldn't be in the building to watch. Oh, uh, where did I see that? Was that Twitter? Twitter? Her yeah, Twitter is okay. Fantastic. Her Twitter. Yes, that yeah. was right. Rhonda Carlson, by the way, if you want to uh, check her Twitter, um, she's beloved here in Medicine Hat. Yeah. Uh, both like her and Willie are like the original power couple in Medicine Hat, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like just the way she was recounting the stories of like big games where she would just be listening in her car and couldn't be in the old arena. That was those were some cool memories. She had yeah she she mentioned that for Bob's four thousands. Yeah, uh, how, that's like a- big moments like that. She couldn't be in the rink in the old arena for yeah. that. Just listening to Bob on the radio, and then for four thousand, she was in the co-op place parking lot listening to the game which is super cool so last question would it be better or worse for your uh blood pressure to uh well i guess let's let's put it this way would would it be better for your blood pressure to a be in the rink to watch the game or b listening to rids calling (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll tell you from experience being in the arena it takes it to a whole nother level see because i go the other way yeah If, if i'm looking better for my blood pressure yeah. I'd rather be in the building. Oh, Rids has the, that ability with calls where yeah. it's like every shot's the fucking last one. It's it's 100%. Okay. Oh man. 100%. I just know like watching overtimes in the old arena, I I couldn't breathe as a kid. Like it That's was just it, like the the can the, the arena was such a crushed can. Like it yeah. felt like people were on top of each other. The fucking cement vibrating under your exactly. feet. Exactly. Yeah. Like the the concourse, quote unquote concourse at intermission time. <laughs> was a goddamn nightmare and like I just as a kid I remember feeling just like the claustrophobic and like the the pressure of the moment and I'm yeah. like 10 11 years old I'm staying up late it's like a hot it's a Tuesday night and I'm already missing school the next morning right and my face is red my blood pressure is going it was like super intense yeah that's fair so. that's fair Corey which would you rather which is better for your blood pressure being in the rink or listening to Rids? Well, I was going to say listening to Rids because you can turn them off and you can kind of take a breather. <laughs> you can be like, all right, I, I just need a break from Rids for one minute and then I can get up with them again. Like I, you, you got to have the self-energy to be able to, to get through Rids calls because he just brings so much ener- energy every single game. But, but, you know, here's the problem with that thought. You can't do it. Like if you get in the middle of a big game, where Ridge is on the call, you can't turn that shit off. No, it's no you can't turn it off. No. Not in overtime. No, nothing like that. So, oh. you know, no, I, uh, yeah, no, I guess, I guess I'll go with being in the rink. But uh, yeah, you're right. Ridge just he takes it to another level, and I love it. It's it's absolutely incredible. Like from a broadcaster perspective, I've never never had or heard a game called like the games that he's called in his prime. Like when he's at the when the, when the Tigers were at at their peak, and, and Ridge was. Just a mild 30, 35 years into that career. Yeah. And like, oh man, just the, some of the calls were just absolutely bananas. Yeah. That's why he's so beloved. That's true. He really is. Even must listen radio to like the post game show. Yes. Oh, when gosh. He, when him and Jay Bowmeister would have four <laughs> words amongst each other and then move on. <laughs> hey, Jay, how was your game? Good. <laughs> what are you going to do tomorrow? Sleep. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jay. Thank you. <laughs> four. That's four words. Yeah. You got four that's out of them for three questions. Two questions. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Um, do you want to transition to the the NHL side of things? We'll mm-hmm. get uh, some playoff matchups. Playoffs. 
we only got 20 minutes left, so like we could just keep <laughs> yeah, talking better, about Rich. Better fly. All right. We might as well go all in. Um, okay, so a lot of the matchups have been set in stone. I believe the the Vegas and the Colorados, they're still, divi- they're, they're still deciding who's going to get one, who's going to get two uh, to face the Minnesota and the St. Louis teams. But uh, all things considered, uh, you got the matchups up there on the screen, gentlemen. What is the must-watch for you? As we start the playoffs on Saturday, uh, the Canadian teams, just for a note, because of everything going on COVID-wise, they're not starting until next Wednesday and next Thursday, respectively. But we'll mm. start with things off with Lance. Where do you want to go playoff matchup-wise? Oh, okay. The most exciting, the most must-watch series, because it's one of the oldest rivalries, is going to be the Leafs and Habs, right? Yeah. Like, mm. that's going to be good. Um, yeah. Honorable mention I would put out there for the Caps and Bruins. Okay. Because yep. typically you would get that later in playoffs if that matchup were to come up and you're getting that first round, which is going to be really good as well. But yeah, nothing nothing to me beats the Leafs and Habs in, in a first round matchup where like if the Leafs somehow lose, my oh, God. Oh my god. Like like they're gonna be in shambles. I mean Montreal can literally break Toronto sports fans. Yep. Toronto sports <clears throat> media. Oh my god. Like like they can they can put things into absolute shambles more so than they already are for the entire province of Ontario. <laughs> like absolute blender if the Habs beat them. Doug Ford and will not be the top of everyone's tongue. No, Ontario. no. Not like no one's going to care if he goes into hiding for three weeks again about $4.4 billion. Like no one's going to care for a while. No, there's going to be so many new Ottawa Senators fans. Oh my gosh. Look but, out uh, Eugene Melnick. There's no way that series goes less than six, right? Like, that's six or seven. Yeah. Like, Montreal's at least taking two if Toronto's taking that. With like multiple goalie changes. <laughs> multiple goalie Oh, 100%. I think Toronto's going to see... I think you might see all three goalies. Like, that's wow. going to be... Yeah. They're going to be in shambles. I don't know if Riddick might, but I think you see Freddie at some point. But, yeah, I agree with you. Um Another honorable mention, Tampa Bay and Florida. That's going to be a good series. Both teams have are really solid. Um, I think it might come down to goaltending and, you know, Tampa, they're more experienced, but good to see Florida in the mix and actually having a solid team and battle of Florida. Yeah, like the first meaningful battle of Florida. First time they ever met in playoffs. Ever. Like, Uh just in general, it's always been, it's been one-sided for the majority of my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So Like, Florida's only made it like a handful of times, and each time it's just like Jose Theodore blows it or something. Or UC Jokinen is... (laughs) Turning the puck over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to um, see, but yeah, tough one. Um, most likely, uh, I want to go to most likely sweep, and I'm going to put out there Edmonton and Winnipeg, and Winnipeg has no chance in that series to even win a game. Thoughts? Really? I, I, they're in shambles. Locker room is disconnected. And, you know, they, they haven't had an answer for McDavid all year, and it's just going to be playoff McDavid and dry side. I don't think it's... I don't think Winnipeg takes a game. Even if they have Hollow Buck, I don't think they take a game. Hmm. Hmm. Thoughts, Colby? I don't I disagree with that. I think Hollow Buck can can do it. And they got too much talent. They got too much talent. They're gonna bring their they're gonna bring their A plus game. They're gonna have to to get a game. I understand the the point you're making, Corey, but um that that's not a series I would see being swept, in my opinion. Yeah, me neither, I don't think. Uh just because like Mike Smith has been really good. But I also remember the Mike Smith that can get himself into trouble sometimes. Oh, hell yeah. And 
It's one of those things that's so funny in playoffs. It just takes one little bounce, and then all of a sudden you give a team life, and it's good night. Like, yeah. if... if And I don't know that Winnipeg's room is all that disastrous right now. I don't think they're in shambles by any means. I think they're, they're dealing with a few injuries. I think they're a little banged up, and their lack of depth on the blue line specifically, but just the amount of wear and tear that they're front nine has basically had to wear on, on the forward group because of how they play. It's kind of caught up to them a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, but I still think they're good enough to win a game against the Oilers. I do. Like, If you're looking at the most likely sweep, I don't know how Nashville beats Carolina once. Yeah, true. I have no That's idea another one. That That's happens. a good one. Like, like here's the thing. If, if Pecorine plays again, this team's in trouble. Um, as, as great it as it'll be, man? yeah. Like, as, but I mean, Rene had his last home game, presumably the other the other night, right? Um, and there's probably not very many seasons or games left for Pecorino, and so it's one of those things. As much as the Predators fans would love to see him, um, if he gets in the game, <laughs> if he gets into any game this series, it's probably a problem. That's a bad part. Yeah, yeah that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Colby? Your thoughts on the most likely upset? I I wonder if you're Vegas or Colorado, who would you rather face? Do you would you rather face a predominantly mediocre team in Minnesota that's for years been kind of bottom of the barrel, but this year between Kaprizov and their goaltending have been very very good, or do you face the playoff tested Stanley Cup winning St. Louis Blues who have had to revamp the roster a little bit? Um, but still have a lot of key pieces there from their title run. Um, I think either of those matchups are very difficult for either of those teams in Vegas and Colorado. I don't know if I'm going to call it an upset, but I could, again, another six or seven gamer because both St. Louis and Minnesota, and I'll be the first to say it, Minnesota did not expect to be this at this point so quickly in their kind of turn. Uh, Kaprizov's been amazing. So uh, I could... I could see an upset in one of those two, but it's going to be very close. It's not going to be a rollover and die series in either of those mm. games. So, yeah, I hope you're wrong because, like, well, like I hope yeah. not because I want Vegas and Colorado so bad. That's a series I think of a course. lot of people have been wanting as a re- round two series. But yeah, it's a good question. It's I mean, I, St. Louis, you know what you're getting. Um, like you know, their team's pretty similar to the teams they've had in the past couple of years. So, um, and then Minnesota is just like this team that's come out of nowhere, and um, you know, who knows what they could do in the playoffs. So, good question. I, you know, meet, I, I'd originally go with St. Louis. I'd probably want to play St. Louis if I was Vegas or uh, or Colorado, just because yeah. they've had their stumbles this year, and it looks like the 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 uh, the moves they've done haven't quite worked out as much as they'd want rather than having Petrangelo there but uh, that do, I hope it's Vegas St Louis because that'll be a, a good series for Petrangelo to face his old team who starts a net for Minnesota in game one is it Talbot or is it going to be that Kakinen guy because both have been very good in their in their spurts like I assume they, Talbot they've given him a yeah, lot of so. of good play yeah so. they have they have I assume Talbot yeah. would be starting game one for for the Wild yeah. um. The correct answer on who on who you want to play is the Minnesota Wild because they've never done it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, especially when it comes to playoffs, like your your regular season numbers just kind of get thrown out the window. Who cares, right? True. Um, and I would rather take on a team that has never been there really compared to a team that two years ago 
won the cup after being the worst team in hockey at the midway point in January. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. That's that's, fair. that's just kind of a tough one, a tough hurdle to get across. When you look at style wise, though, I don't think it's as important to uh, Vegas who they play because they they kind of match up well with both. I think Colorado yeah. really does not want to play St. Louis. Okay. I just, I mean, you run into a hot goaltender, which Bennington's proven that he can do. Uh, so that's not great. You are going to be playing a heavier team forward-wise mm-hmm. with the Blues rather than, than Minnesota. And I just don't know that the Avs really want to get their D all banged up in the first round, True. considering what could be coming in a second-round matchup with Vegas. Um, so for a lot of reasons, I think Colorado would rather play Minnesota um, than St. Louis, but I don't think it's as important to Vegas. By the way, the most likely upset um, is actually Montreal against Toronto. And that's because Toronto because Toronto's hasn't gotten past the first round how long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And everyone's just I'd assuming it's jammed on. Like like we've all been saying, or not we've all, but like definitely I have, but everyone's kind of thought Montreal's built for the playoffs. Yeah. And they're actually decently rested and healthy. I mean, who knows what you're gonna get out of price, but Ben Sherrod's back and he's been playing a few games. Shea Weber has like one hand and that's enough to play. <laughs> um I think Gallagher might be in the lineup. So, I mean, they're going to have the pieces. They're going to have all that depth that Mark Bergevin, uh, Mark Bergevin rather built there. Now you kind of see how it plays out, right? Yeah. Against the team that if Montreal wins game one, Toronto is going to be losing it, trying to figure out who starts in that. Yeah, that's true. That like that true. first game is going to be big, but I think that's the most likely upset is the Habs beating the Leafs. The only series we haven't touched on is that uh, Pittsburgh Islanders one. I mean, kind of surprising. We all didn't portray the Penguins in the greatest light heading into the season, but yet they come out division winners and they get the Islanders, uh, an Islanders team that definitely got hit with the injury bug with Anders Lee, but they replaced them, uh, supposedly so, with uh, Kyle Palmieri. And, and Zajac. Uh, and Zajac. How do you get the... The Lou Lamorello guy in Zajac on the team. Um, Again, another defensively sound Islanders team. Good goaltending. Varlamov's been great this year. Um, Is that a potential upset? Like, where do we see the Penguins and and the Islanders series going? Because I like the Islanders a lot, even with their uh, lack of quote-unquote star depth outside of Barzell. Like, um, and Jari's been good for the Penguins. A lot of different question marks in that series. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Lance on the, the number one option is, is Montreal-Toronto, I think, for a sweep. I think the number two might be a Boston-Washington just because they're so close, but definitely an honorable mention to this series for the Islanders possibly taking over the Penguins. I mean, you look at that series a couple of years ago, um, the sweep the Islanders had over the Penguins, like, you know, that's going to be in the back of the, the brain of the of the Penguins. And Islanders had a, had a great run last year where they lost the, to the Lightning in the conference finals there. I mean, this... and, and it. Obviously, Lee is—is is Lee still injured? I think he is. He's out yeah. for the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a huge dagger. But still, like, they have the same coach. They have the goaltending. Varlamov's there with with Sorokin now, who's a friggin' stud. I mean, just the way this Islanders team's play team played, you know, they could possibly stop the Penguins' offense, and they proved that they did it two years ago. Like this, this will be a good series. Um, and yeah, if you want to talk about upsets, I mean, this is this is definitely a possibility. I still take the Penguins, and mm. but uh, it's a possibility. It'll be a very good series, not to watch. It won't be very exciting, <laughs> but uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a good series between two two very good teams. 
Yeah, it's funny that you say Sorokin was a stud because he started the year so fucking bad. He did. He was so bad. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to turn it around and give decent, like, number two goaltending numbers to a team that is built from the back out. Uh, the reason why I didn't include this as uh, a most likely upset is because whoever wins, I won't feel like it's an upset. That's the only reason why I didn't include it because I, yeah. I, I, I feel like... Um, far and away, the Islanders are the best four seed out of out of the group in the NHL this year. Um, mm-hmm. Like, let's put it this way: would Would you be more surprised if the Penguins won in five games or if the Islanders won in six? Which is more surprising to you? Pens in five, right? Yeah, yeah. probably. So that kind of tells you, it's like, be a short series. how how can like how close everyone's considering the series, right? Yeah. So I just don't know. Like it, it's so close, but it's weird to say that it's not going to be very exciting. Yeah. But I just like I, I don't know where the the excitement is going to get generated from. I because just don't know. The Penguins, in my eyes, don't seem like a clear cut number one team. We <laughs> they don't feel like they are, but but they are. But they are right. I know it's crazy. Like yeah. you, you know, Washington and Boston, the next two teams down, they're in their own series. We talked about that, but like we talked about Pittsburgh going into the season, like they weren't the sexy team. We didn't know what to expect out of yeah. any of those guys. Uh, they bring in Brian Burke and and Ron Hextall, and you know the whole ship has been re resail. Like it's crazy to see the 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 life they got Malkin back after a big long injury absence. Like th- this team is looking good with Crosby and Rust and and Gensel and Jari. We mentioned him and Latang. Like they have the weapons like they've always had. Yeah. But they just to me they don't seem like a number one team. That is clear cut going to blow the doors off of a four seed, which they're not going to. It's going to be a very the problem. Tough. The problem is that no team that would finish one in this division would feel like a number one. True. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's the yeah. biggest problem because it's all so close. Like I mean, like that they could all be one seeds between Pittsburgh, yep. Washington, Boston, and the Islanders, right? That's true. If anyone was sitting number one, you'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And there was Philly in there for a time too. Like there right. was, there was teams in there that were. Kind of closer, but they obviously... Also, was I getting ripped on at some point for saying that the Penguins could be uh, a decent cup team this year by one Corey? Yeah, I was very against the Penguins at this 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 whole season. I will admit to that. I am, I, I'm not a Penguins believer for this season. No, so. who is? No, I wasn't. <laughs> Definitely not. But they proved me wrong. Like, yeah, they just... Like, all four of those teams beat the shit out of the other four teams in the league. <laughs> More so Devils or the Sabres. So it's just, it's a weird division. Like, every other division kind of had that clear number one. Um, but I guess, I mean, a little bit that's central, too. I mean, the Hurricanes, Panthers, and Lightning, they fought it out. You know, all three of those teams could have been the one seed, and it would have been surprising. But I feel like in the North, if it wasn't the Maple Leafs after the first week or two, or in the West, if it wasn't Vegas or Colorado, right? Like, those right. are kind of the, the number ones that everybody saw coming. So it's just, yeah, a weird division. I think we said that at the start. Like, this is going to be a dogfight for those four spots between those two four or those four teams. Um and uh, you know the playoffs are going to be very interesting. Like, I think they all kind of have like a twenty-five percent shot to get out of it. <laughs> that is the math on that. You're right. Yeah. Those second-round yeah. matchups in in all the divisions are going to be prime, like legit. The North is going to be a prime no matter who gets out of there. Uh, that, I mean that the first round Tampa Florida that's a that's a shame that that's going in the first round because that could have been a second or a third. Uh, we talked about the Colorado Vegas one. If that gets to a second round, oh boy, um, just the second round in general is going to be just fire. Mm-hmm. So fire. 
Anywho. Oh, yeah, we got, what, five minutes left, guys? <laughs> oh, jeez. We got to get going. We got five. Okay, Lance. We can skip all this. No, we got McDavid hitting 100 points in 53 games is insane. We can all admit that. That was crazy to watch. Yeah, it's, Nothing it's else nuts. Else. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Yeah. Really, I don't know what we can say that hasn't already been said about Connor McDavid. Yeah. If I'm being people completely are, honest. People are saying, like, oh, give this guy the heart. Give that guy the heart. No. And th- that guy is not McDavid. And I'm like, are you lost? I would like, hear oh, that Matthews ar- has a shot. Matthews I would hear like, that argument. No. I'd hear that argument if it wasn't what Connor McDavid's done this year. <laughs> like, if the situations right. were different, perhaps, but not not like this. Come on. This is like Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double for the first time because his team was not... I mean, and Edmonton's better, like 100%. Yeah. But, like, in the NBA realm, when Westbrook did a triple-double for the entire season, that was unheard of. It had right. never been done before, and he won MVP from it. Right. This is... On the same kind of realm, and yeah, that. yeah, definitely is actually. It's it's this has never been heard near, of since Lemieux. The same, like let's be honest here. This is insane. Yeah, Lemieux and Gretzky, right? Yeah, so yeah. wild. Uh, Jack Eichel, that whole debacle in Buffalo. That's oh. going to be something to watch in the off season. Will he get traded? I saw an article from our boy Scott Roblin uh, talking about if the Flames might have a package good enough to get him out of Buffalo. Hmm. Going to be a lot of suitors though. Oh yeah, a lot of suitors. Got to be. Yeah, I don't know who wouldn't put in the package for him, at least just to, you know, give it give a shot, try and get him. Yeah. That's right. He, just, I don't even know what the hell they ask for though. I don't know. What do you what do you Especially need? What do you start with? Black cap. Like mm-hmm. it's just so hard. Because well, Skinner's well, though. It's a Skinner deal too. Like so you might have to is, eat Skinner in order to get Eichel. So wow. okay, hold on. This is leading into my question of the pod. I, I heard this on the Steve Dangle podcast, and I was like, "This is a ridiculous deal." And then I thought about it. Um, <laughs> if you're Seattle, do you go to Kevin Adams and say, "Hey, give me Eichel and Skinner, or we'll take Skinner in the draft and take a third or a second. If you're Buffalo and you can clear 19 million in cap uh-huh. in one trade, how do you not take that? Wow. In a flat cap era. Because uh, their issue isn't cap. Buffalo's issues not cap? No. No. Well, they have way too many issues. But but they're not. You know. They're never They're never getting rid of Jack Eichel and not getting a player today back. Ever. True. True. So there like, could be some additions. There's zero chance. Sk- Skinner's going to be an issue for a long time. Kyle Ocposo is going to be an issue for the next couple of years. Like... I still feel like Ocposo is a bigger issue than Skinner. Really? I mean, well, he doesn't have as long. I know, but it's just how like, at what point do you just like next year? Depending on how this shakes out for for the Sabres, Skinner might get top six minutes. Yeah, and he might score thirty. What well, we figured <laughs> out—that's what he needs to do things well. He needs yeah. time. He can't be on a fourth line. So yeah, I know. That's, oh. But yeah, to answer that question, there's literally a zero percent chance. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's fun to think about. Though. Of course it is, because I mean, yeah, this Seattle team is going to be doing the same sort of thing that Vegas did. They're going to be there. Might be yeah. some deals, especially we talked about it in a, in a cap world. People are like, what, do you take Skinner and does Buffalo pay a pick to to make sure that he goes to Seattle? Right, just to get that off the books or Ocposal, like you said, one of that the two. theory can still happen though. Yes, like, right. Just that have more pieces. Pay, the paying of a pick to get Skinner out that uh, on on the surface. Is very realistic. True. Very realistic. Oh, 100%. Like the Maple Leafs gave up an, a first round pick to get rid of 
a year of Patrick Marlowe mm-hmm. or to get And like, honestly if you're Seattle like you you might you might do it. A change of scenery, like Skinner I think in a new place could at least get you twenty. Is and there for like a, yeah, an expansion yeah, yeah, yeah. draft? Like I mean Hell yeah. Expansion team, like that might be just what you need. Is there a way that that you could get Buffalo to retain? Like well, they, probably not oh, because 100%. you'd have to pick them, right? They retained on Hall, though. Yeah, but that's a trade. Sure. Well, you, you would could, just. I don't know if you could get them to retain on a draft pick, or if you pick them and then you make some kind of swap after, and you just send them half a salary. Half the salary, yeah. Well, they can they can make trades. You just say, hey, or you do something like, hey, you have to pick Ocposo, but we'll give you a first and Skinner on half for anything. Yeah, so you just pick any player and then make the trade. Basically, yeah. yeah. I guess that's how you'd have to do it in order to make a retainment of money, right? That would be more interesting. I think that's the curious thing that's going to come out of Buffalo is mm-hmm. if they're able to get Skinner into Seattle somehow. Yeah. Because even if you eat half his salary, fuck it. That's better than nine. Definitely. 100%. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was your question of the pod there, Corey? Yeah, I was just curious. It was more for like the Skinner contract, but I, I, yeah. I wanted to see what, like also what can you get for Eichel? Like with this whole injury situation, like what's a team going to get for him? I know he's one of the best players in the in the world, but like Still the injury situation is, is weird and like Buffalo has no no um, chips in their corner right now. Like this is all like what can we get for him? Out of curiosity point? on that Dangle podcast, did they, they, did they actually kick around the thought of Eichel and Skinner both going to Seattle? Yeah, like, like, how does that make they, sense? I'm just, I'm still sitting here thinking about it, and there's like a zero percent chance still that it makes any sense. What's the argument? It would because there, uh, there'd probably have to be obviously more of a package going back to Buffalo, but like, what's it gonna take to get rid of that Skinner contract? Like, like I said before, the the Maple Leafs giving up one year or giving up a first for one year at six million dollars of Patrick Marlowe. If that's the market value, what yeah. do you got to get rid of of what six years of nine and a half or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, like, two different players. They're so completely fucked, really. Yeah, but like, like right. you said, Colby, different ages, different play styles, different everything. Um, but you're still right. completely fucked on trying to move Jeff Skinner, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Just need him to score thirty. Yeah, they're screwed. Get that power. Jeff play Neal done. or uh, not Jeff Neal? James Neal showed that anyone can can move if you just score a lot of goals. <laughs> That's true. And he's been on a downward trajectory for a few years uh, now. He'll score a couple and then be on the way again. Yeah, that's what he does. Uh, okay, quickly. Well, actually, we're over time. Lance, do we, should we keep going? Yeah. Okay. Keep going. we we got to get going around the league here. Why are you staring at me like fucking Bambi watching his mom <laughs> die? Because Lance had a hard set deadline of an hour. Oh, yeah, me? you always say an hour. I do so say So I'm out here enforcing an hour. And I told you it wasn't going to happen because look at our list. It's not my fault. Yeah. It's not your Well, it's partly your fault. It's all three of ours' fault. No, I think it's the host. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I put Bedard in three dots, and we <laughs> talked about that for seven years. Like, yeah. I just wanted to say Bedard. Anyway. Okay, sorry. Okay, moving on. Now you're looking at me the funny. No, I'm waiting. Okay, NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching my laptop right the, now. I'm not uh, looking at anybody. Okay, the play-in tournament starts next Tuesday. Yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on it? We've, I don't think we've ever dived into, like, did you, like, did you like it last year? Do you think it's a viable option for the NBA? Do you like it at all? 
I don't know why it matters. Yeah. It's just like add more intrigue gets, to the league, the bottom teams. I guess it kind of sucks for the sense that like there's got to be some kind of revenue sharing that works out for those who make the playoffs compared to those who don't. Okay. Yeah. And whoever there- gets in is just going to get fucking waxed by the, one of the top two teams anyway. But it's two playoff home games. Yeah, so they're going to yeah, make money off for an economic. Of course they will. So oh, why the, why is a playoff like why are we doing a play-in tournament to determine two games of of revenue when the whole se- like wasn't the whole season the point? Uh well, I mean, anytime you get playoff games, is is it a valuable step for a franchise? You would hope. Yeah, like, and so if you played a full season and finished seventh, shouldn't you be rewarded for that? Yeah, there there is the the issues, and that's what LeBron has been saying, and and Dallas has been saying, like, why why does seven eight have to play? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it. I got it last year when it was COVID. Yes, that Wait, makes sense. Hold on, is that right? Seven plays eight, nine plays ten. That's correct. Yeah, how does that make sense? How does that make sense? It doesn't. None of it does. So huh? so <laughs> seven plays eight, and the winner of that matchup is the seventh seed overall. Mm-hmm. And the the loser of that then plays the winner of the nine and ten seats. Oh my god, that's forever. So basically, they're trying Literally. to they're figuring out. That's the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've already played a couple rounds. It's only a one. It could be a one gamer though. Yeah. If seven yeah. beats eight, then it's over. Right. If eight beats, or sorry, yeah. If eight beats seven, it doesn't. That game is only a one gamer. The right. nine and ten is a potential oh. two, three game, two gamer, three gamer. Regardless, is dumb. But it's so it, unnecessary. But it it keeps so, the teams engaged about getting to that. It's like a second wild card. It's basically like a second wild card, keeping more teams engaged to be in that tournament to, for the potential to get into a, an actual playoff. Right. So it so now the regular season doesn't matter if you're seventh. Well, you just got to win a game. Right. But it's also professional sports, and anything can happen. That's what they say. Yeah. And so over the course of a season. Your record wasn't good enough, and it wasn't deemed worthy enough. You could mm-hmm. be a game back of sixth, but all of a sudden, that's the difference, and you're not deemed as worthy. I get it. I because get you're it. always going to have that line that gets drawn. Because the the reason that it comes in is because eight and nine are always so close, and then seven, eight, nine are always so close. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight, nine, ten. We're within a couple games, mm-hmm. but you could always look at that every single year. Like yeah. just make a line and stick to it. It's always been eight. There's nothing wrong with eight. Eight's nice. And last year, the the rumor was they were trying to expand these playoffs. A for COVID reasons, yeah. trying to get some more money. And B, the side note was trying to get Zion Will is Williamson of the Pelicans into mm-hmm. a quote unquote playoff. They right. showcase him some more. Right. Um, like I said, last year made a lot of sense. I think everyone can agree with that. And I, this year, the the thing going around is why have this tournament, this play in thing, in a condensed schedule already. They've already played 72 games in about four months. Because the league doesn't care. And the league does not care. It's not about players' health and safety. <laughs> it's definitely It's not. about dollars and cents, like yep. Corey's point. So um, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Like, Corey, what's your thought on the playing tournament in general? I mean, you, you said it was kind of dumb. So that's partly <laughs> I have, right. I have so many questions. Like, so if eight beats seven, they then that's seven and eight? No, if eight beats seven, they are the official seventh seed. They, oh, they basically okay. and then seven up. drops down and has to play the winner of nine ten. Okay, and then eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen all play at once, and whoever <laughs> gets the last basket gets to play the one seed for the championship. It's basically um, what I guess so, it's some kind of rinky dink operation. I, so I quick side note: I have something way more ridiculous than this. Um, 
in my Bantam AAA baseball provincials. We played whole season. Top ten teams went to provincials. The pools were one to five, six to ten based on the regular season standings, and it was like normal playoffs after. So like one in one to five, the best five teams had to battle it out, and the top two teams went on to play the best two teams from six to ten. Oh. It made absolutely no sense. Sorry, so that was Bantam AAA baseball. baseball. Um, yes. Um, how old would you have been there, Corey? Uh, like 14? All right, so 14-year-old baseball on Vancouver Island. Yeah. Arguably BC. has a very similar playoff structure to the NBA. Yes. I think I heard a rumor that the NBA had some scouts into that in that tournament. I fucking guess so. Strictly looking at playoff bracket format. I just want somebody to try and explain it to me. Like I have an open mind, truthfully, right. to how it makes sense. And I get it from a league point because you want to make money. Mm-hmm. But like you're already in, you're already in very like shallow water with your players regarding player safety and now you're just saying hey fuck you play some more <laughs> games for tv revenue like it is i mean uh, I, I understand that part of the the player side of the i understand why lebron's pissed i understand like, yeah. why luca and mark cuban are pissed i would be pissed if i was the seven or eight and that's what they are yeah like lebron is saying whoever made this is shit like it i, <laughs> I get it right uh but like, it goes did, back did, to did, did the lakers finish so as what I'm saying, as it stands right now, the Lakers are in the seventh. Season. They're in seven, right? They yeah. are playing the Golden State Warriors if this stands, and the regular right. season okay. ends uh, at the end of this weekend. Right. So, so this will never last, right? Matchup. Say that again. So like, if if LeBron's in there, this never lasts because he's going to get pissed off, and the league's going to change because LeBron runs the league. Well, they he made those comments the other week, and the NBA basically said we're still going ahead. Well, with Father it. Adam was like, LeBron, son, just. Just relax for a second. We're gonna get you out. You of might this. not be in there, and uh, if you if you're seven, then we'll just do eight, nine, and ten, and they'll all play on three baskets at once. We'll make a new YMCA. court. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to the local Y. Like, <laughs> oh. fuck. But yeah, so they're it's, playing the the Warriors at the eight seed, and the Grizzlies and Spurs play the nine ten, and in the East, it's Celtics and Hornets at the seven eight, and Pacers and Wizards at the nine ten. Currently, the Celtics, eh? Tough. And now they lost Jalen Brown for the yeah, year. So they're not doing anything this year. But them. the Wizards, speaking of the Wizards, we'll yeah. move on quickly because we got to get going. But Russell Westbrook, we talked about him earlier. He's now the new triple-double king. Mm. 183 triple-doubles in his career. Passes uh, Oscar Robinson. That's insane. That's another insane stat. Yeah. Can they keep him in Washington? Of course they can. Or do they try and move him and get a bunch of pieces back? Is there oh. enough? Is there enough of a market for it? Because I would assume there is. He's been a guy that like just picks it up in the second half of the season. The last couple of years, like right. he takes the first half off, basically. Yeah, he and he gets he's, ready. Yeah, he's like thirty three years old, mm-hmm. and then he comes and he's just like a shot out of a canyon, Can- canyon, not canyon, maybe a canyon, the dude. Grand Canyon. <laughs> and him and Beal, I mean that in a one game playoff like this, do like you not want to see luck. these guys go nuts? <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like. I lost in fantasy basketball this week because the guy I was playing had Westbrook. I could not stop him. Right. And yeah. he's at this end of the year. It's been insane for him and the team. They've really come out of nowhere to get this 10 seed and, and have a shot at this play. It. So do they still just... have Ray Hachimura? Who? The Wizards. Yes, they do. Rui. Yeah, whatever. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Rui. And Davis Bertans? Robin Lopez? Like, how are they not better? 
It's such a star-driven league, is my point. Yeah, and, and we talked about it earlier. Like, Beal had all those 40-point games, and they were like 0-12. Yeah, like, what more did they need? They need another 40-point score. They need I, another I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> True. But they're insane. Um, they probably need Corey to go play and just oh, drain 11 threes. threes, exactly. 13. Yeah, I got threes. Oh, 13. I, I thought it was 11. Yeah, I know. It was 13. There's so many. People just forget sometimes. It's fine. I'm thinking of Steph Curry. My bad, dude. My bad. Um, <laughs> the uh, Hall of Fame induction. We'll, we'll end on NBA with this. NBA Hall of Fame going down Saturday. Uh, Michael Jordan presenting the late Kobe Bryant at uh, his induction ceremony. His wife also speaking. This Hall of Fame class, for those that don't really pay attention to basketball, is like the greatest of greatest of all times. It is Kevin Garnett. It is Kobe Bryant. It is Tim Duncan and uh, Tamika Catchings of the WNBA. Like this is just, this is unheard of in the NBA mm-hmm. Hall of Fame circles. So it's really glad that uh, Kobe could get in with both uh, Garnett and Duncan. This was supposed to be last year's Induction that had to get postponed because of COVID to this year. So just uh, a heads up on that. Should be seeing some social media videos this weekend of MJ and Vanessa talking and mm-hmm. Kobe in general. So out of those like three NBA players, the fact that Kevin Garnett is the worst. Yeah. out of the three, <laughs> on that like that's sick. It's it's insane. It's laughable, but it's literally crazy. Literally, and uh, I say that with all due respect because yeah. like Tim Duncan's probably the best big. One of the best bigs of our generation. Yeah. And, I mean, Kobe's Kobe. He transformed. They both, they, all three of them transformed the game and their franchises in different ways. And anything's possible. That's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> As you yell into a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, NFL-wise. Okay, so their schedule got released yesterday. couple big games. You guys see the list. Um, I think the biggest one we might agree on is Brady going to... Foxborough, week four, Sunday night football. Uh, That game, I found a stat. Tickets for that matchup already going on sale. The cheapest pair are for just over $1,100. Boys, let's go. Uh, $1,100. Part of the reason for that, I mean, not only the matchup, going to be a great one, but also the way his uh, Brady's passing is gone, averaging per game. He might pass Drew Brees' all-time passing record in that game in Foxborough Week 4. Record setting. You know he will, right? He's going to like will. he's going to run the numbers and figure out how many He's going to go through 50 yards <laughs> on in Week 3 yeah. just to get enough. Guarantee it. Yeah. Guarantee <laughs> he's doing it in Foxborough. Yes, he is. Um that is That's going to be one of the coolest games for sure. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. All things considered, um, but there are some nice matchups. I mean, my my f- most favorite thing about the NFL is that the schedule gets flexed at random points. It does. <laughs> it's None just of like, this is really real. Yeah, sometimes. it's like all of a sudden you'll have like the fucking Jaguars if they're on a heater, they'll get like three straight Monday nighters. Yeah, you're just like what's happening? <laughs> yeah, they get a Sunday at four o'clock and move uh, Colts and Cardinals to the eleven o'clock. Yeah, slate. right. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, yeah, and, I mean, Dak is back uh, opening night against the Buccaneers. That's a big one. Yep. Uh, Sunday night football, just in general, is absolutely killing it this year. Between that first game, going to be on NBC, that's quote-unquote a Sunday night game. Uh, The week one, no, I was going to say that is not it. Uh, Week two, though, Chiefs and Ravens. Mm -hmm. We got the Brady Bowl week four, week five, Bills and Chiefs. Like, Sunday night football is killing it, so... Um, Can't wait for the Bills to start 0-4 and then they flex him out of oh, Week 5 Sunday no. night. Can you imagine? <laughs> they can't. 
Josh it, Allen. It would just go, be a very Buffalo thing to do. Gonna go through a table. Come on, dude. I hope they don't do that. <laughs> for no the bill's sake. For the table's sake. For yeah. the fans' sake. You gotta save that lumber, dude. True. True. <laughs> Big time. Um, okay, Aaron Rodgers. We've kind of seen and heard rumblings that he wants out. Apparently, he wants the GM gone. It's going to be either him or the GM's going to go, according to multiple sources. They've given him a contract extension, trying to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. He's still not taking it. It's not a money issue. It's a personnel decision about him drafting Love last year, among many other things. Um, But yeah, Rodgers might be out in Green Bay, might go host Jeopardy. Who knows? Mm. Good host. Very good host, from what I see. He did a very good job there. I didn't see it. Corey, what would you rate his hosting skills out of 10, please? Um, What is four? Just okay. Basic <laughs> oh, it was answer. a good solid eight or so. All right. Um, yeah, no, he was very enjoyable. Um, I haven't seen too many of the new hosts. Like, they're just rotating. Yeah. Um, but of the ones I've seen, he's been my favorite so far. Um, yeah, he's, he's a natural at it. I did not expect it. I thought he was just kind of a big name coming on, but... He's 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 having fun with the contestants. You know, he's he's making a day of it. Cool, good yeah. for him. Getting yeah. a little positive PR, I guess. Hey, he uh, I mean, he was a big well. watcher, a big studier of yeah. Alex Trebek. I've heard and uh, really tried to study the nuances of of his delivery and whatnot. So yeah, I think he would be a perfect natural. Uh, and he could probably they give him some big money to host. Right, hundred percent. Now now yeah. one question, um, and I could be wrong in this. I honestly don't know. Was Aaron Rodgers drafted by Green Bay? He was. And when he got drafted there, wasn't Brett Favre the quarterback? He was, yeah. Then shut the fuck up, Aaron! Like, you realize that's how things go. I understand. You want more targets. You you need more help. You only have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones only. Yeah, fuck. Too bad, hey? Shut up. Literally. They drafted Jordan Love because they need a quarterback after you're gone. Doesn't mean they want you gone. Oh, like you're so sensitive. It's disgusting. Like, like if that's the actual reason, which we're all t- led to believe it is, right? <laughs> like the reason why he wants out is because they have Jordan Love. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> like he sat on the bench for years. Watching Brett Favre, some would say that's part of the reason why he got so good. It was because he was able to pick up on different things and he really absorb how the team works. And if you're ownership of Green Bay, you're probably like, well, hey, this worked last time we did this with that Aaron Rodgers fella. So why don't we get a quarterback? We'll put him on the bench for a few years. Just let him see how Aaron goes about the day-to-day. Keep him working. Keep him invested. And then when Aaron's done, we'll bring in Jordan. And Aaron's just like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> Like if if I know that as a guy who's really like not that in tune with the NFL, like a little bit, but not that much. If I remember that and he clearly doesn't as someone who lived it, like what are we doing? In in Favre's case, I, I will interrupt. Favre's case, he did leave and go to Minnesota. He went to the Jets. Like right. he didn't finish his career as a Packer. That natural progression like you're talking about. Yeah. I don't what, know what do you if, mean the natural progression? Rogers well, watched for like four years, five years. But like you're saying, like you're talking about, like as soon as Rogers ends as a Packer, then like it's a. I'm natural... not saying as a Packer. Okay, but I'm saying they they didn't draft Jordan Love to play him tomorrow. 
Some some experts may have disagree with some you. Some experts that. are dumb. Like <laughs> they're not experts. No, no. Like they're they're just clickbait. They're trying to get views. That's what they're doing. Spoiler yeah. alert. Nine? No, not nine. Seven and a half out of ten insiders, like south of the border, are trying to get clicks. They want you to read their articles because that's how they make money. Mm-hmm. So don't believe everything you read from them. There's no shot that Jordan Love was going to be coming in last year. No, definitely not last year. This year. Probably not this year. Well, you might have to because Aaron might leave because he's upset. Yeah, he's upset. Because they're, they're planning for the future. No, no, no. They got Blake Bortles. Well, that's, that's true. That's, that's going to piss him off even more. It will be. He's going to be like, oh, great. Now we have competition in here? What? What if Bortles is better than Love at a training camp? Oh, then that will really piss off Rodgers. 100%. If Rodgers was get, worried about love, oh, yeah, fuck. He's going to get outdone by Bortles in his, his big mansion on MTV Cribs. He was on an episode of Cribs. Do you remember right. that? Was he? Well, he was just like a very different character, wasn't he? When he was with the Jaguars, yeah. What a guy. Yeah, he's a he's a dude, all right. Sorry. I just, I don't understand the, the, oh, man. the upset feelings that Rodgers has about drafting love. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. You can you can make the argument for like any other pick maybe, like I understand you want help, but like you look around the league, Cleveland has wanted help forever. They finally got some. You're doing pretty okay with what you got, Aaron. Yeah, they Relax. were they were a game away from beating the Bucks, and I mean they had a couple plays or right. kicked a field goal instead of going for it. Like there's just certain plays where, if only they had another weapon, <laughs> not a kicker. <laughs> If only they had two balls to play with at once. <laughs> they could throw it to two people at the same time. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, that was legendary. That was good. I like that. Oh, fuck. Piss me off, Aaron. Uh, good job, Lance. That was really good. Like, yeah. Was I off in that, though? No, we haven't had a, t- uh, a Lance go in a while. I know. This has been a minute. But, like, am I, like, honest to God, am I off in that? No, a lot of people think he's self-centered and selfish, and that's just kind of proven it in this way, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you're not wrong. Well, that's you're, good. You're on base. Tim Tebow going to come back to the NFL as a tight end, former Woo-hoo. quarterback, going to play for Jaguars potentially. You know who's pissed off about that? Who's Aaron pissed off? Rodgers. <laughs> Guys, I could have had another weapon. Yeah, this guy. I could have had an athlete. A natural athlete. <laughs> Shout out Tim Tebow, dude. Uh, yeah, he's really transformed himself in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Really has. Um, hopefully he gets a shot because, I mean, that's the perfect situation, obviously, with Urban Meyer. Like, just peak. So we'll true, see. it's true. Hey, it might work. Yeah, I doubt it, but it might. Trevor Lawrence. Does he? Go ahead. Sorry, does he have any experience being a tight end, or is it just like you yeah. have a tight end body? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a great. Sure question. doesn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Like this is a guy yeah. that like is is a few years removed from throwing the football. Now he has to block. He's a year removed from swinging a baseball bat. Isn't that wild? Yeah. What happened with him in the Mets? What oh. happened? With him? He's hitting worse than Francisco Lindor. But he might be hitting better than Francisco he, Lindor. He was. He was hitting 200 at least. <laughs> True. True. But um, uh, that'll be an interesting experiment. Will you draft Tim Tebow if he makes opening day roster? Oh, gosh. As a second tight end? Yeah. But potentially. And we got cops driving by Yeah. What the? That was a little surprising. Um, nothing to be alarmed of. We're, no, everything's We're doing everything okay. above board here. I've been doing his work. Um. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd throw a flyer last round on Tim Tebow. Corey, would you? People threw a flyer on Gronk last year. Yeah? Yep. 
Yeah, I love throwing flyers out in the last uh, last pick of drafts, fantasy True. drafts. I I picked Dylan Coglin, my buddy that I, I grew up with here in Campbell River in my NHL draft. He wasn't even part of the NHL then. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I've known you for a while. I've never heard you reference Dylan Coglin until he made the show. True. And now oh, he's like well, good buddy Dylan Coughlin. He's the yeah, he wasn't my buddy before then, but now I mean like I'm in his DMs on Attaboy. Twitter. He doesn't answer Attaboy. back. But, uh, you yeah, know you I'm should tweet like, him hey. with that new Twitter account. Like, remember when we were on that one hockey team together? Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> I was I was the I was the backup bully. You don't okay. Love it. Uh and DK Metcalf gonna be a sprinter. His new career profession. Uh he finished ninth in a heat of professional athletes, but for 6'4", 230, Duke can run. Yeah, I think he finished 15th of 17 total qualifiers. That's insane. So it means he can hang. Yes, he can. Um, Sounds good. He's like the same height as Usain Bolt, but like way bigger. Way bigger. <laughs> yeah, he's got some muscle on him. Like Usain Bolt looked big when he was in the Olympics. Mm. DK Metcalf looks fucking just different level. He's an athlete. Oh, man, yeah. He's an athlete. Yeah. He's built different. <laughs> he's, he is built different. <laughs> True, different, dude. Maybe that's the Tim Tebow's next athletic adventure. Oh, I mean, wouldn't that oh. wouldn't that just Get sum it up? Circle of life. Circle. He, although he wouldn't be a sprinter, he'd be a fucking like shot putter. <laughs> I was think I was gonna say javelin or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's throwing shit. Yeah, he's throwing shit for sure. <laughs> um, all right, baseball, quick. Lance, what do you want to touch on here? Uh, well, we'll dive into the Jays quick because they're local and they won again this afternoon, swept Braves. Yes, sir. Uh, now 20-16 and 16 on the season, which is a tie for second in the AL East. Uh, one game back of the Red Sox, who have two games in hand. They're 22-16. and 16, But, uh, Corey, question to you. Considering all the pitching injuries that have been happening that are seeming to continue the unknown surrounding Nate Pearson, is this sustainable for the Jays? Um, I don't know because I haven't been following too much baseball. Wonderful. But, uh, All right. Thank you. <laughs> Colby. Yes. No. Uh, um, yeah. No, I think they, um, yeah, no, I think they can. And I uh, um, think it, it's leading away to maybe a possible Alex Manoa appearance, which I'm getting kind of excited about. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it's sustainable t- for what they're doing right now. I don't know if they're going to win the division, but um, they're definitely a, a solid team in the AL East, and uh, you know I'm hoping that they can make playoffs with the what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's it. You're you're good. You just want yes. I like Alex Manoa as a prospect. I don't I don't want to see him too early though. Right. Um, I want to let him keep continue to marinate down there. In uh, is he still in double? Double A. Uh, honestly, the minor leagues are all fucked. Oh, I thought you guys are professionals. That well, there's like there's double A, and then sometimes double A just high, means you go from double. there to fucking MLB. Now <laughs> that people use triple A, sometimes I don't know. He's in triple A. Yeah. So okay. In anyway. any case, Manoa, like Alex Manoa, is really good, but yep, he's also like their third or fourth guy on their on their prospect list. So right, just cool it with expectations on Alex Manoa. Simeon uh, Richards. Well, yeah, no, that's, a, that's what we do with baseball prospects is we imagine them in scenarios that they're not going to fulfill way too early. And then when they don't hit it, we're very shocked and mad. Well, we do that in sport, though. Yeah. And that's because the leagues just get younger and younger. But that's a cons- uh, conversation for another day. Uh, Brewers pitcher Corbin Burns, MLB record for the most strikeouts to start a season without issuing a walk. 58. 58 strikeouts without a walk. My question to you, Corey, how many strikeouts have you had in one game? Like 
pitching or hitting? I'll take <laughs> either answer, number. Corey. Either it's one. The same number. Um, pitching. Ooh, uh, I wasn't a big heater guy. I was I was a contact ground ball guy type thing. So uh, uh, we go with like maybe five, maybe five. I was completely expecting a lie after your thirteen threes at the local YMCA story, but I appreciate oh, your honesty. Shit. Moving on, Colby. Uh, how many strikeouts could you get if you train for like four months? Do you I think gotta, you could I, get against people your age? I feel like I got a good arm. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, That's fair. You're athletic. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm not an athlete, though. I'm not built different. No, no, um, but you're you're big and kind of lanky, which um, is perfect for pitching. Yeah, exactly. I could Do you be have long fingers? Next Syndergaard. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they're okay. You wanna, I'm holding it up in front of Lance's <laughs> glasses. Yeah, they look good. They look good. I'm oh, picturing yeah, them. Okay. They look good. It. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say I could probably get close to nine. I think you could too. I, I don't know how many innings I'm going to throw though. The arm might get tired. Yeah, that's true. You're going to. So get I might have split. to do a you know a run of the order there. Right. One through nine. Yeah. Get out of it. <laughs> and long then, long relief, you know. Then go for a run to get the lactic acid. At, oh uh, god, I'm not yeah. going to move that shoulder for a while. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, of course, everyone's probably seen the report Jeff Passan wrote about the Oakland Athletics potentially. Relocating, uh, essentially, the league has told them to look for other options as they currently have a proposal in f- at the city right now. The local government's looking at it, but hasn't made any decisions. Uh, so the league said, "Hey, start looking around." Obvious front runner as I drop things over here is uh, <laughs> Vegas, but um, if we had to give a percentage, Colby, on the odds that they somehow come to Montreal, what would the percentage? Oh be? boy, that'd be a great. <laughs> I would love that because it comes up every single time it a team does. talks about relocating, right? It is whether it's the the Rays, the Athletics, the, yeah, not even both of them. Fuck it, yeah, just put li- them all literally. In the same who whose dugout was full of shit? That was the Rays, right? Yeah. That was the Athletics. Yeah, it was the athletics. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah, they finally had enough of the shit. Uh-huh. They're gonna, they're gonna uh-huh. Find a different home. Um, let's go. It's tough economic times. That's my only worry too, mm-hmm. uh, and everything going on north of the border. So uh, let's say twenty five percent. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't know if that's generous. I I mean, Vegas just seems like a slam dunk again with everything going on. The Raiders moving in there. Yeah. Um. The hockey team's doing great. Like, it just seems like Vegas is going to be the new hotspot for a lot of things. Right. Um, that So, uh, they're definitely the front runners, but, I mean, Canada's always going to be in it. They're they're going to be the, the, the hot date that you kind of wish you had, but <laughs> yeah. maybe you just don't get there. Yeah, that's so, fair. I don't Corey? Know. Uh, are we going prices right rules? Because <laughs> um, it, it's, it's all a, 1%. Uh, 1%. I want to play the under. Yep, yep, that's fair. Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't think it's a very good chance. I don't know. I think they're gonna try and stay in Oakland if they can, um, just because it, it's 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 a great spot for that team. I mean, all the, the history and the legacy of the Oakland A's. But um, also, yeah, it just seems like Le- Las Vegas is growing. I mean, the hockey team's doing so well there. Uh, we're gonna see what the football team is gonna be able to do there, and just it's, it just seems like the spot to to go now for for sports. Yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I think it's a 1% chance, unfortunately. Uh, I think, yeah. obviously, the most likely is that they stay in Oakland, and then if they were to go anywhere, it would be Vegas for all the reasons you guys outlined. The one thing I wonder, though, if they go to Vegas as a team that is notoriously tight on the pocketbook, and you don't see that with the Golden Knights, I'm willing to bet you're not going to see that for very long with the Raiders. Could a team like the Athletics viably play in Vegas not spending money mm. on players. 
Hmm. That's the one thing I wonder is that if the team or if the city would buy into a team that isn't spending like the uh, Golden Knights and like the Raiders, we assume they will. Yeah. Well, great question. You got to You got to think with the relocate like that's going to be probably more financial opportunities for them there. Like, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what the gate revenue is for the Oakland A's, but I'm assuming it'll be bigger or more in Vegas and sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsorship TV deal stuff like that. So there might be more money to play with, but that is a very good question. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. There is going to be more money to play with, but does that affect the owners, or do they just see more profit mm-hmm. while they keep going know. the same? So is Billy Bean still there? I who knows. Who's going to pay Matt Olson? <laughs> Great question. Who is going to pay Matt Chairman. Olson? Uh, last thing is before the season started, I played a game with you guys called "Does It Matter." And we gave you three different points, and then you just said, does it matter? And you guys had to say whether it did or didn't. The first one was C.J. Cronin in spring training, who is now a member of the Colorado Rockies, hit a ball four miles per hour harder than any ball he hit in the previous season. Asked you guys, does that matter? All told. And I believe you said not really. And I, I believe, Corey, said that you have to hit the ball first in order to worry about how hard it goes, which is a completely valid point. Um, so far this year with the Rockies, he's got five home runs, nine extra base hits, 15 RBIs. He's hitting around 270 over 93 at bats. Do we say that this has so far been a success then considering what it was the year before, or do we disagree? Colby? I'm shaking my head. Yes. It's a, it's a much improvement. Um, I mean, the advantages of hitting in Coors field have definitely helped Mr. Crone. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, get that batting average up, but, uh, yeah, he's hitting it. He's hitting it real good in the heart of that lineup still, and yeah. uh, he's on the IL as we speak. But uh, he'll come back and and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna hit twenty bombs for sure this year, if not more. And he's gonna drive in some runs. And yeah, he's just he's taking advantage of the opportunities that he's got. So I like him a lot. I got him on my fantasy team. If yeah. you can't tell that already, good and pick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I think it's definitely mattered, and the atmosphere is perfect. He's in a perfect situation right now. Corey, been very impressive. I will admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong about C.J. Crone, he's still striking out a shit ton. Yes. I think he's got, what, 27 strikeouts on the year. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a lot doing a lot better than he did in Detroit last season. And the batting average up there at 290, I'm a big batting average guy. So home runs and guys are impressive. But, mm-hmm. you know, that batting average on top of all that stuff, great job, C.J. Crone. Good job, CJ. The second point we made was surrounding Robbie Ray, pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, who over the course of spring training had his average pitch uh, or average speed on his fastball, rather, be around 96 miles an hour, which was roughly four miles an hour harder than his average fastball all of the season prior. And the question was, does the uptick in velocity matter? And I think we were a little split on it. We thought it did matter for a, uh, a strikeout pitcher who... Uh, obviously, if you throw harder, it's going to be good news. But the one concern that I raised was that he's also a guy that throws uh, throws in a, a lot of walks here and there, like like way too many. And so if he can't control 92, how is he going to control 96? Well, he's found a way. Uh, started the season with nine walks and just six strikeouts over his first two starts. Uh, although his ERA was under two, his whip was over one and a half. Since then, though, his next four starts, 33 Ks. And zero walks. He hasn't walked a guy in his last four starts. He struck out over, what is that, over eight a start. Uh, ERA is up to like around three and a half, but the whip is now just above one. The big number 
and the one that I'm curious on your guys' thoughts are, with that uptick in velocity, the little bit more control perceivably, in his first two starts, he only gave up one home run. His last four, he's given up seven. Yeah. Corey, is that a concern, or are you just going to kind of live with it because he's limiting walks? Uh, it's a little bit concerning, we'll be honest. Um, I think when you see such a drastic change coming from season to season that can catch teams and batters off guard, especially in your own division. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about the best baseball players in the world. They're going to catch up eventually. They're going to read film and, and read their own at-bats against you, um, and they're going to adjust. So I think that's what we're seeing here. The uh, guys are just getting a little bit better contact. Um, but I will say so for, for Robbie Wright. Um, he's looked really good this season. I loved him in Arizona, and when he got traded here, he just had a, had a terrible year um, going in Arizona. I think he, you know, he's a great pitcher in, in this league, um, and and I hope he can can get back to that kind of form. So to see him changing things up and, and getting different results, he's he's going to come into his own, and he'll he'll figure it out. Great is a strong word. I'd say he's good. Sorry, yeah, more I, towards I agree. on was, the was a rough word to choose, but he, he was he's he's a solid three four guy in this league. Hundred percent, and I mean the strikeouts are his bread and butter, so it's nice to see. The K's are up, and I mean, he had a lot of trouble with walks in Arizona. Like that, that speed, that velocity, and, and his bread and butter also led to a lot of walks. So to see that thirty-three and zero, like that is very impressive. And I know he's pitched very well for the for the Jays so far. The home runs, you're right. Like that is, it's all about pitch location. If you're putting them in the zone, you're right. They're professional hitters. They're gonna hit them. They're gonna hit them all over the park. So. Uh, there's got to be some some balance. You got to hope that he's gonna mix up, you know, in the zone, out of the zone, and not just you know lay him high and dry. But uh, still, good good start and a good spot for Ray once again to uh, kind of resurrect his career and keep that velocity up. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's funny with most players when we look at something like this and the big difference between the the first two starts and the last four you would say, well, he's probably somewhere in the middle. But it, with Robbie Ray, he's not. It's either <laughs> it's either one or the other. Yeah. He's going to be so striking out a bunch of people and just like giving up bombs, or he's going to be walking a shit ton of people and finding a way to work around it here and there. With the odd time, he's going to be walking everybody and giving up bombs at the same time. Finally, the last person we touched on before the season in Does It Matter is Lance McCullers Jr. He added a cutter in the offseason season. To go along with a repertoire that includes a sinker, changeup, and a curveball. And we were all, obviously, I believe in, in a bit of agreement because adding more pitches is great. I threw in that the the fact that the sinker and changeup have the exact same motion and the curveball really looks completely different than the other two. So that repertoire doesn't work a ton. Uh just simply because you don't have a whole lot of different looks. They're all going down. It's just a matter of they're going away from you and slower or into you if you're a righty and faster. Uh, with this cutter, it's obviously working, I would say. After seven starts, has an ERA just above three, a whip at 1.06. 47 Ks over seven starts, 20 walks, which is a little high, but only allowed four home runs. That's the number that stands out to me. Four home runs over seven starts. Clearly, he's been able to work his stuff around to the point that it's keeping hitters honest and keeping them guessing. Uh, I guess question to you, Corey, is when I brought this up, you said you hated the fact that he doesn't throw a fastball 
and that uh, I, I said, well, it probably just has natural sink and you weren't having it. You say you want people to throw fastballs anyway. Um, do you think he should still mix in a fastball? Um, no, I was very naive back then. Um, no, I just... I don't I, think you're wrong I, with that, by the way. No, but I, I come from um, a, a catching route, so just straight pitches are, are very nice. But, um, yeah, you, you hit on it. I mean, as as many pitches as you can get going in different directions. Um, and, you know, cutters and, and a sinker, it's going to look like a fastball until it's not. And it's either going one or the other, uh, one direction or the other. So, um, you know, how has he had more of a successful season than he has in the past? Or is it, or are we seeing similar numbers like what? His ERA I, I so think. far and his whip are actually, I, I, I know the ERA for sure. I'm pretty sure the whip, considering it's just over one, are both uh, career best so far. Now it's only seven starts, but okay. um, the walks are just really high. Right. Okay. Well, so, I mean, you know, he's, what, he's, tw- you know, mid-20s getting in there. I mean, you know, for, you see it quite a bit, you know, different uh, good pitchers in this league as they, as they grow and, and get better, you know batters are going to start timing them up and, and figuring out their strengths and weaknesses. So to mix in different pitches, um, that's huge. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can uh, keep it going and uh, maybe uh, mix in a fastball or two every once in a while. I'm with you, to be completely honest. If he threw a fastball, like just every now and then to keep people honest, yeah, it would make everything else so much more effective because you're right, a cutter and a sinker both come out looking like a fastball and move two different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if you keep one that, that splits the difference, there's no way you're sitting on it. Um, but it's so tough once you learn how to throw a sinker, and that's what you've been throwing for so long, it's so tough to not throw it. Uh, but Colby, your thoughts? I believe you have uh, McCullers on your fantasy team as well. Another guy. It's like I was, when we did these questions, it's like it was burned in my brain as we did your I draft lands. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of his one start against, of all teams, Detroit, where he really struggled, right? Um, he's gone at least five innings, and he's gotten quality starts in, in four straight, including on wow. Tuesday there. Uh, that game against the Angels mm-hmm. was his best one to date. He had the nine strikeouts, got the win, uh, only two walks in that one. He was fantastic. And he gets to face uh, Texas coming up on Sunday uh, for his next matchup. For those who have him in fantasy, um, but he's been he's been great, and we talked about that cutter. Like this is another added dimension. It's working for him. No matter what he's doing right now, it's working for him. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep going, and we'll see how the rest of the season goes for for Lance McCullers. I'm just happy that he's a healthy and b he's proving uh, what a great starting pitcher he was. Probably, you know, probably two years ago with the Astros before the Verlander and, and all those trades. Like he was a one-two option for them, and it's nice to see him kind of back in that fold and and providing great numbers in, in real life for the Astros and for fantasy. So, and you know what's really interesting this year? I just pulled up his his uh, stat cast from from MLB. Um, they have it listed as 23.8% of his pitches being sliders. Mm. And I think those are actually cutters. Okay. Um, because the cutter is listed at 3.6%. Mm. Um, oh, wow. So I, 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 and because they do look very similar, uh, I'm not going to be out here and tell you that, that the MLB is wrong in, in what pitches are being thrown because they're the MLB. But I, I have a hard time believing, especially based off of all the hype, that was brought in about this cutter last year. 
or through the offseason into the spring training that he's only thrown it 3.6% of the time. But if that's the case and he actually is mixing in this big slider, it's actually like that. That's the next best thing outside of just mixing in a four seam fastball mm-hmm. because it gives you two looks inside, two looks away to righties, and then the curveball, which kind of will just, you know, buckle you a little bit, right? Yep. Um, so, like, from a pitch mix perspective, that's about the only other thing that you could do that would be really good. But, um, yeah, in any case, he's only been registered as throwing the cutter a little bit. Very rarely this year. Yeah, that's surprising. Which makes me think it's not right, because it says his slider has been throwing 164 pitches, and his cutter's been, like, 20. So, I yeah, bring those numbers it. up and down a little bit, you might get closer to the truth there. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. at five. Even Unlike Robbie Ray, if we meet somewhere in the middle on this one, we'll probably find it. I think so. But if you're <laughs> right. if you're a nerd like me and you like you know figuring out what pitchers are throwing and what their numbers look like, uh, Statcast on MLB is great. So good. Good you shout out. Yeah, and I just, just found read this. Through. This is amazing. Yeah, right. You can just read through like like go look at Garrett Cole's repertoire and what he's throwing and how it's working for him and just like the pitchers who are doing really well. John Means is another one this oh, year. Oh yeah, man, it's incredible. The no hitters. Um, we'll quickly touch on this because Corey, yeah. like we were talking oh, about in the yeah. chat, like you get a no hitter, you get a no hitter. There was what four? Yeah, in like so a span far, yeah. of a week and a half or something. Yeah, yeah. It's a- Jesus. And and respectfully, like kind of average pitchers or like not average, like just kind of like okay pitchers. Yeah. It wasn't like the Garrett Coles or the Degroms getting no. them. It was like Mm-mm. all right, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, impressive. Like yeah, imp- yeah. What very Rodone. impressive. I don't know what to think about it. Who else was there? I'm trying to think. Musgrove. Mean, oh, yeah, Means, Musgrove. Rodon, Rodon Means. and, and uh, what's his name? Wade Miley. Oh, yeah, Wade Miley. Oh, Wade I want to say, yeah. Fucking Wade Miley. That's, that's a yikes. Interesting, though, that three of them are lefties. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the, the age, I read an article this morning, the age of the power-hitting first baseman is, like, dead. And with the, you know, gone are the days of Pujols and Votto and and Cabrera and the okay. first base position of just these power hitters are no longer there. And it just kind of is crazy. Yeah. It's all going, like I said, it's all outfield or it's all uh, in the middle of the diamond. The first baseman is like a utility spot for most teams now. Uh, I don't know. Is no? it? I think it's a bit of a hot take. Okay. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen Vladdy place first. Well, Vladdy was mentioned. Um, yeah. I mean, I can... CJ Crone. CJ, well, CJ Crone, sure. He can't be in the same conversation. Uh, but Jared it? Walsh is the first baseman <laughs> in the Angels. Okay. That also hits, like, he's a power hitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, fuck, Reese Hoskins, another first baseman that's power hitter. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot. Like, young, like, going to be a talent for several years, I guess, is what they're going at. Because, like, sure, Walsh, I think, I think is 27, though. Right. Well... The difference with that, though, is that they're just... Because as you get older, you're more of a liability in the field, but if you want to keep their bat in the lineup and find a way to work them in, then you move them to first. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been happening forever. True. Like, Pujols was a third baseman to start his career. Right. That's true. For example, so... And and Cabrera was, too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so... But but you're you're right. It is kind of trending that way a little bit where there's less. I mean, Nate Lowe might be another one who's a first baseman that's a power hitter. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Joey Gallo, when he came up. Oh yeah, Gallo. Could play a little bit of first. Um yeah, but there's definitely like last. He's a star and right. Like like the <laughs> like the days of like Chris Davis. Yeah. And all the way back to like Frank Thomas and like I think Mo Vaughn fucking play for first base. Ryan Howard. Raked. Yeah. Ryan Howard. Like those guys? No. Prince Fielder. Yeah. 
Or maybe they're still there, and the rest of the positions have caught up because it's now just the the home runner strikeout mentality. They're, they're not even like drafting them anymore. Like it, there's like one, there was one or two guys drafted in the first round uh, in in the last couple of years, and they're just they're not producing. That were first base, you mean? First base, yeah. I just mean that like the rest of the league is all playing the same way now. True. That's that fair. like everyone's just home runner bust. Yeah. Well, exactly. And so it's like that. Maybe that's why we don't notice it as much at first base because mm-hmm. everyone else has guys that are doing it. Yeah. It's leading to like you said these no hitters and whatnot and perfect games. Like it's just the lefty thing's interesting to me for sure. That could be something down the road for sure. Maybe. All right. Is that everything else we want to touch on? We, that was we good. definitely blew past our hour, gentlemen. Oh yeah, we were never <laughs> making an hour. There you go. That was good. All right. Is it 7 Eleven uh, yet? 7 <laughs> Eleven? 7 Eleven. I was born at 7 Eleven. Were you? AM. Okay. Yeah. Not uh, the store? No, no, no. I was born that in that regional. A good story. I was born at uh, uh, 420. Oh, <laughs> yeah. AM. Nice. Hey. Damn. Corey, what time were you born at? I think I was like 9 30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, fucking loser. Man. This guy's born after nine. Get a cup of coffee yeah. and go to work. <laughs> yeah. Everybody already had breakfast. I'm such a loser. <laughs> Fuck. Thanks so much for finding us and downloading this episode. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the board podcast. We're on Twitter as well at on the board pod. Playoffs starting, like I, we mentioned in, in NHL this weekend. We got yeah. NBA starting soon. So much to look forward to. We'll uh, hopefully be back with you to touch on everything next week. For Lance Dahl, Corey Bacoskas, Colby McKee, signing off. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes! Yes!